0: Clear for takeoff. Runway to eight left. Fly runway heading. Welcome to another brand new episode of Living in Flight. Your go-to podcast for everything in the world of aviation. Exclusive interview conversations with industry professionals and enthusiasts. Strap on your seatbelt. Put on your headset. And get ready for Living in Flight. Hey everyone, it's Drew and Matt. Welcome back to another episode of Living In Flight. Today, our episode features Joe Harris. Joe is the Director of Reliever Airports for the Metropolitan Airport Commission. For those who aren't familiar, the Metropolitan Airport Commission, otherwise known as the MAC, is tasked with running airports in and around the Twin Cities area.
1: Yeah, we'll learn from Joe what it takes to keep these airports running, what kind of planning goes into keeping our runways clear and open during snow events, and how he worked to accommodate the hundreds of private jets that visited during Super Bowl 52. Let's do it.
2: Joe Harris, uh, um, Director of Reliever Airports. So um, my my responsibilities are all six of MAX General Aviation Airports. I always like to kid my team over Mm -hmm. at MSP, my, my Mac colleagues that we do represent 86% of all Mac airports, right? Even though MSP, (laughs) MSP is only one, but, but the other
1: six fall, fall, fall under my particular business unit. Okay, nice. So you are responsible for so what are what all the what are the yeah steps? like what does
0: that involve being responsible what what are you responsible for I guess that's kind yeah of so the
2: so the really reports business unit right we're a team of uh, of twenty five right I don't do it all myself we have an admin team and then we obviously have our field maintenance workers which mm-hmm. a lot of our users actually. Know the MAC through them because sure. they, they they see them out plowing, cutting the yeah, grass, and the doing trucks. the t- yeah right, yeah. changing out the lights and fixing the gates and those those sorts of things. But uh, the six reliever uh, airports that make up the MAC system are Flying Cloud, obviously,
1: yep.
2: St. Paul Downtown, Holman Field, yep. Anoka County Blaine Airport, Lake Elmo Airport, okay. Crystal Airport, and Air Lake down in okay. Lakeville. Yep.
1: So how did you get to, what's your, what's your history? What's your yeah, story? Yeah, sure, sure. Tized well, I, aviation. <laughs> Passion for it. What
2: do you? Yeah. How much time you got? Right. I'll give you the reader's digest. We got all the time. Um, We got all day. (laughs) You know, I I graduated high school in the early '90s, and I really looked up to a particular um, neighbor up the street who was a few years older than me. That graduated with my sister, played the same sports that he did, and um, he went to the University of North Dakota to be a pilot. Oh, nice. And I kind of stayed in touch with him when he went to school, and I kind of thought, hey, you know, this is something that um, I'd like to pursue. Always liked aviation. My backyard childhood neighbor um was a delta pilot um um, got tossed around the industry after deregulation his his father was a pilot for northwest airlines too and i think at one time he was actually number one on the seniority list back in the day (laughs) and they owned a small private airstrip uh, his his dad did uh south of hastings and so my backyard neighbor would um when i would be chipping golf balls in my backyard or hitting baseballs and going to get them in his yard you know one day he said hey joey that's that's what they called me as a kid. Um, um, Do do you want to go for a ride? And um, I took him up on that chance multiple times, absolutely just fell in love with everything about it. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so coupled with my, um, my kind of the, my, one of my classmates, um, um, I decided to enroll in North Dakota and pursue commercial aviation career.
1: So that's what you did. I did. I yeah. did. I went up to
2: North Dakota, got an aeronautical studies degree. I mean, I was all in on aviation. So commercial instrument. Got
0: it all. Flight, so you, flight instructor. So you, 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 flew up there. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have about um, 1200 total hours of oh, wow. a, a, a flying, still fly a, a little bit today. Sure. Um, um, and, you know, try to get up as, as much as I can. I have three sons. Okay. Uh, yeah. my, my oldest is in college and, and my middle is graduating this year. And then, then I have a freshman and I'm kind of like everybody else. As soon as the freshman is in college, yep. uh, I mean, it's kind of, you know, one of the things on my bucket list is to get ownership in an airplane and, nice. and, and, fly a little bit more.
1: Yeah. That's, that's cool. Do any of your kids, are they interested in aviation? They, have... they, they are not. No? They are, <laughs> no, they are not. Hey, that's all right.
0: So so, where did the transition then go from, from commercial pilot flight instructor to uh, airport and Mac manager?
2: Great question. Um, I feel very fortunate that actually I got into this airport management business. You know how many airport management classes I took at the University of North Dakota? That would be... Zero. Zero. Not even it was one. one. <laughs> I, I think I had a requirement uh, in a 400 level class, generally uh, a, um, aviation management, which sure. was really more around general aviation, kind of flying. Okay. Um, more, more than anything. Um, really loved the um, um, law part of my studies, too. So I mm-hmm. kind of gravitated to those poly size for optional classes and never the airport management side of the house. And um, so in the mid 90s, you know, Right? The industry wasn't the best for pilots. It was topsy turvy. And um, I got an internship at the Metropolitan Airports Commission and, um, I love politics. Mm-hmm. I I'm still a handicapper of local politics today. I love to you know who are going to get
1: along. So yeah,
2: I now. love to know who's in the races and and which districts maybe lean a particular direction and follow it all. I, I love working with our governmental affairs person at the MAC. I I just love going to the Capitol and savvy and mm-hmm. kind of tracking mm-hmm. and working with our elective officials because right. it's important for us right, in the airport world. Work but with
1: like the local officials and all the different cities and stuff that you work with too.
2: But, yeah, but we don't get involved. We don't get politically involved with right. uh, um, um, throwing our support behind one candidate sure, totally. or, or, or another. Yeah. Um, we we still we we stay apolitical. But um, mm-hmm. so I got this job at Mac internship. I actually did a noise monitoring study out here at Flying Cloud for one entire summer. I literally off of all six runway ends right three runways two 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 run you know two ends per runway I, I sat in the neighborhood all the summer of 1996 and did this noise monitoring study out produced report. And and um, the current manager at the time uh, was an Air Force pilot, A ten pilot. Um, he was in the PhD program at MIT. He really liked my work ethic, my attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think he saw things in me that I might not necessarily saw. Mm-hmm. He kept me on as a temporary, and then eventually hired me on full time. And I've kind of been in the airport business ever since.
1: Wow. Did you? Do you ever look back of you know going down the commercial pilot route early on when you were like, is you know should I go? do the, the airline route or whatever that I wanted to do, or where you kind of set once you took that job, you're like, I actually like this a lot. And I think it aligns with what I want to do.
2: First of all, I love my job. Yeah. I, I don't think there could be a better job, better fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've left the Mac a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, to only come back, so that's good that they always wanted me something. to come back. Yeah. I, 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 um, uh, actually, I left the Mac, and um, for the first time in like 1998, to kind of scratch that itch of wanting to be a pilot, I actually flew for a consulting firm, got a bunch of time, flew light airplanes all over the country. Oh, wow. Um, so you did um it. Yeah. yeah, we were based here in Minneapolis. So I got a chance to fly to places like judo alaska uh, wow, that's, miami that's cool um go, go to um all the congested airspaces and do all the flight plannings and and it you know the 14 months at the time i um i married my grade school sweetheart yeah. um she, she she was a first grade teacher at the time and it was very compatible with our lifestyle absolutely loved everything mm-hmm. to 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 do with that that year and a half but um, I, I quickly realized even when I was in it, I love the flying, I love the flight training, I, I love seeing that the, the country, but I always kind of was like, God, I I really miss mm-hmm. the rewarding work and feeling that 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 I saw in like the airport management world, like with the Mac. And after that flying part, I actually took a job. Um with the Rhode Island Airport Corporation for two years and went out to work for that particular company, which is like the MAC of Providence TF Green Airport. And then I came back to the MAC in in 2000.
0: So can you tell us on a day-to-day basis what your job kind of looks like? I can't.
2: I try to explain it to my kids all the time. <laughs> um, uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I can tell you this: I work with some just phenomenal professionals who are just masters at their their craft. Um, mm-hmm. Let Let's start with um, my my role is kind of two pronged One is as the director, right? I'm involved with a lot of the st- strategic planning, vision of the reliever airports, the execution, on exactly what it is that we're trying to accomplish yeah. for this for this general aviation airport system. In a big, a big. Um, Um, Some of those big objectives for the reliever airports is, right, we want to be financially self-sustaining, right? Right. So how do we develop business models that work for our tenants as well as the MAC to to, to cover our operations and maintenance costs and maybe, right, airports are capital intensive. Right. we we also um, so we have the operations side of the house, which you guys see firsthand yeah. out here flying, right? So these are right the the construction projects, the 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 the, the maintenance folks, the snow and ice control. We mm-hmm. we have uh, obviously close partnerships with 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 the FAA, especially at our four towered airports and yep. kind of the air traffic folks. But what you guys don't see is the behind the scenes um, work that we do with. Like your owner, Trevor. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have the whole business administration side, so we have over eight hundred leases within our reliever airports. Wow. And right now, we we are our my assistant director of the relievers, which she's worked here for thirty two years. Kelly Garin's um, best business administrator. If I was to start any company tomorrow,
1: she'd be right there. With she, you. She'd be right there with
2: me. I don't know how much longer she plans to work, but yeah. <laughs> uh, for my sake, I, I I hope it's for a while. Uh, um, just absolutely. Um, just a just an expert um lo- loves the industry and she's just such a great business administrator but i mean could you imagine being being a landlord right mac mm-hmm. of these six airports and you got 800 yeah. individual leases that you have to manage and all those leases require certain depths time right. right we got the ordinances we got the policies yeah. so the breadth of work is quite um Quite far-reaching, so I didn't. I didn't do a great job with. Like, okay, exactly. What does Joe do when he gets into work at eight o'clock yeah. in the morning? But,
0: well, I think a good question then would be, <clears throat> maybe not what does Joe do, but things that the that the Mac does that we pilots might not recognize. You actually have your fingers in, right? Because for we land, we taxi, we get out. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, so I mean, right. I mean, I mean, first, first and foremost, our our job is to create safe mm-hmm. and secure operating environments, right? So all of the when you you know all the airspace all the pavement all the infrastructure right Mm -hmm. that it comes with the runways taxiways so that when you're taxiing at night right uh, right? i mean we're we're making sure that those safety parameters are being met per the airport design right so that that's something that you don't see we're working with our air traffic folks um constantly on the orderly flow of surface movements right Mm -hmm. I, i mean um
1: yeah, that that and that kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier as we were kind of prepping for this. Like with you know increasing demand and the increasing just flow of of traffic at at these airports, are you guys evaluating? You, I'm sure you are, right? You're evaluating how much it increases. Like, Flying Cloud has just increased an insane amount over the last few years, and it's like so. You, you know, I'm sure you deal with that on a daily basis, and what you guys can do to to just better optimize the. The whole of operation.
2: No, and that that's a good way to say optimize and make it efficient. I mean, the reality is, is um, this this growth, especially d- during the pandemic, has been absolutely fantastic, right? Three yeah. hundred fifty-three some thousand operations last year in the reliever airport system alone, wow. right? That yeah. that's an eight percent above the previous year. So we are going through some growing pains. Yeah. I mean, the level of interest of people wanting to build hangars throughout our system, right, through the again. Roof picture us as a landlord good problem to have right yeah so that must send a couple of signals way one you, you have a product and what pe- people appreciate right? right they want to be based yeah. at one of your airports so it must mean that you're priced competitively i don't think there's anybody that might be listening to this who's a tenant of ours that's actually paying rent in the mac mm-hmm. you know for their hangar as you know all oh, they're not priced competitively but when you have the number of people that are willing to build on your at your airport system, right? They must right. think that somewhat we're priced competitively. And also, I think what people appreciate so much about the Mac, in comparison to maybe um, some other airport systems, is we're going to stand behind you. Sure. I mean, how many times um, um, have you guys not been able to operate when you when when when, when you needed us? Whether it's early morning, late night, r- regardless of the weather conditions. Who, who 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 is there for you, right? Yeah. We're going to be there yeah, for you. I never had to think about it. Right, no,
1: right. I mean, see see to 6 a.m., oh, yeah. right,
2: it's yeah. snowing, and, and, and right, we're out. The NOTAMs are all updated. The staff yeah. is ready to go to the airport. You know, we kind of say, hey, you, you know, it, it's good to go and, in order yeah. for you guys to kind of, kind of execute. And now picture you guys, but then picture all of the other... Small business owners, all the other business operators, all the other just tenants of the relief airports, right? They all got different niches on why it is that they need to have some type of on-demand service. Yeah. And more times than not, the MAC is able to come through and execute yeah. and provide that value.
0: This is a really granular question here. But like down at Air Lake, you have that natural gas pipeline that runs through and it's you can see cut through all of the hangar space there. What What... What do you do to increase like efficiency then for building hangers at an airport like that? I know demands through the roof there. I actually had a student who owns a plane out of there. Mm-hmm. So when you have like some gas line cutting through an airport and there's not enough hangers, what kind of tools does the Mac have in its toolbox where it can say, okay, we need to create space? How do we do that?
2: Yeah, a great question. Actually, we have the same thing out here at Flying Cloud. It's just not as no- notable to the West with the Magellan pip- pipeline that cuts through over by um, Premier Jet Center that actually... Okay. Um, um, ties up some space that you can't put uh, facilities, but down at Air Lake, um, uh, Mac has been monitoring the the uh, demand growth. Obviously, in southern Dakota County, it's it's changing before our very eyes. And um, if you guys have been down there recently, do you guys see the new hangars on the south side I, of the I runway? I saw
0: them being built I haven't in the waning days of my summer. instruction yeah. career. Yeah, I saw yeah. them. But
2: so, so that's what we do, right? One of the things that we're tasked as a as, a, as also a plan, planning agency yeah. is having long-term comprehensive plans and identifying a type of facilities mm-hmm. requirements that might be needed within that planning document, which usually is out to 20 years. Wow. And... and um, When I was a more junior employee at Mac, we always had set aside this south area at Lakeville to be able to accommodate that when the demand was there, we would have this new building area. And part of that is it gets really now complicated. That particular portion of the airport at the time was in Eureka Township. Okay. The other portions of the airport was in the city of Lakeville. So you're talking sewer and water, township, who's required what. We actually worked with the city of Lakeville for a number of years that when the time was right, would they possibly annex it that particular Mm -hmm. new building area to make it part of the city of Lakeville Mm -hmm. so sewer and water installation and those sorts of things would be much more smooth. Mm -hmm. And they actually, when the time was right, we move forward with an annexation. I think we annexed over 300 acres that used to be now in Eureka Township, that's now part of the city of Lakeville, which helps divide. So, I mean, that's some that's of the behind the, the scenes stuff else. that, that me as the director. That's what I get involved. Other yeah. for, I for the benefit yeah. of the airport yeah. because they see value of the airport, and then right. working with the townships, right? And because uh, right, they're they're giving up land, if you will, yeah. as part of the annexation process. So, you know, I go to a lot of township board meetings when it came to that. City process actually the previous director before I came into this role did a, did a lot of heavy lifting um, before I assumed the role a, a few years ago when, when he retired. But sure those are again just all kind of little nuances that yeah. Um, yeah, that the Mac does behind the scenes that you guys might not um, ever think of. Yeah, thank <laughs> so
0: so so on the topic of behind the scenes, let's say you know flying cloud crazy increase in traffic. What have you done that we might not have noticed to try and relieve that for flying cloud yeah flying cloud starts needing reliever airports itself
2: (laughs) yeah no good 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 question um first of all we have a very tight relationship with the air traffic folks here tony walsh who's actually um leaving us to go take a job in minneapolis um and and uh rich cuts is coming in behind him to to fill the air traffic um role um um so for for one, we have a great relationship with air traffic because we have been going through some growing pains. But um you know you know, our big thing really is um surface movements on the north building area along alpha. Yeah. And and not having a run up pad for mm-hmm. for the departure for um, um ten ten um um left. Um, so, so we get involved with air and you got, you know, kind of planes coming out of the premier on center ramp. They might need to kind of, right. We had to change a feeder because of some FAA requirements. Yeah. Oh, and,
0: I remember that yeah, they shut them off. Yeah. yeah. You made it. So I think you can't go from a ramp to the, s- runway. To the runway. Correct. You have to go on out. So they moved it. Yeah. They like added some grass over there. Yeah.
2: And, and that was a national in, initiative. And, and so you, you yeah. get caught up in those. So, so we, we had to adapt to policy because in order to get future federal funding, you got to be in compliance with federal policies. So right, we got to follow the rules, but it did create a little bit of a a pinch point. Um, There's also a couple of hangers on Alpha that um, we're going to be tearing down here soon to allow bigger airplanes. airplanes. So so some of that congestion would get released. I mean, in flight, right, you guys have your maintenance on the West End, right? So a lot of traffic. So so we, we are analyzing constantly. We're working with people on how can we make that area maybe uh, more efficient where people don't have to wait as long on the surface or making sure there's orderly flow with you know how how long somebody is waiting coming out of Quebec Lane or Sierra Lane to, to to get in the flow, making sure that the jets need to get to the south side. Mm-hmm. You, you know, how is it that we can make it better? Yeah. But but from an air traffic standpoint and flow, um, hey, that's the FA's, right? And they're doing a great job. Um, So, and. um
0: You know, that alpha problem, you see jets all the time run around Bravo. And if they're departing the tens, then it's Mm -hmm. then it's real, real Mm -hmm. tough for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any cities that the Mac looks up to is taking ideas from?
2: We constantly benchmark ourselves to, to, to other large airport systems out there. Um, um, we're, we're on the street not as much in the last two years, but we constantly are visiting other airport systems. I mean, quite frankly, we're not too proud to not borrow uh-huh. big. Uh-huh. Uh, and we we want to know where we kind of stand and, and what others are doing out there. And, and we like to um, network with our colleagues to say, what is it that you're doing at, the, at 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 your airport in this particular, right, when it comes to rates and charges, when it comes to, you know, infrastructure, funding, whatever the case may be, um, services, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, some airports are the FBO, right? Right, yeah. That's and, and, and our model is quite different. And we think it works. We're... You know, we got the land, we turned it over to entrepreneurials, yeah. right? And, and um, we think organically that, that that that's worked well for us for, 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 for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, but we constantly are looking around and evaluating how other airport systems are operating, you bet.
0: Is there a place that does it particularly well? We're the best. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> no, I I, I
2: I can tell you, I don't think there's an airport system out there around a core 30 airport. Sure. Okay. A, right. Minneapolis, where you have as much traffic as you have there yeah. as a Delta hub, right? Yeah. Sun Country, all the other airlines that serve that. Yeah. You got these six airports that um, I'll argue that I don't see as, as much of a sophisticated system that represents all sectors of GA. And when I mean all sectors, I'm talking from antique to Different. tail draggers, yeah. to, to, to G650s, right, down yeah. at St. Paul. Yeah. There's a lot of systems out there around the Core 30 Airport that have a lot of business aviation around it. Right, right. Our, our system has a little bit of everything for all people. Yeah. And to me, I think that's kind of cool and it's all-inclusive. And the reason why I say that I think we're the best hands down is also a lot of the other large systems they don't have to deal with the snow stuff for six months out of the Fair. year, like we have true, to deal. Yeah. with. Fair. And so, so you're right. I, 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 and so, um, but there, there's, um, you know, for the most part, airports are 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 fairly well managed, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, as an industry, um, Mac, our our board, and the fact that we're apolitical and we have a very specific focus on aviation. We're able to really move the needle in the right direction when we need to, to be nimble. Yeah. Some of the airports out there that are a large size, like like a Mac, mm-hmm. they're more of a city-owned airport mm-hmm. in which, in my opinion, in, in, opinion, politics sometimes can play in, so they aren't as nimble. So keeping up to the rapidly changing things, I mean, look at our environment. Look at GEA, yeah. yeah. right? who would have guessed the pandemic would have had some of the bumps in the sectors that we seen? flight training charter, right? And we're, we're able to respond, right? You see some great growth out at this particular airport at flying cloud, right? With charter flight training, right? And, and um, you know, our board and our makeup, the, the, the the way we are as an airport authority, we're able to kind of keep pace with those changes more so than other large airport systems.
1: I mean, we talked about this with one of our other guests that flying cloud that one day was like the, top 10 busiest in the in the U.S. in the middle of COVID, like right in the beginning, just due to operations of, you know, how many aircraft were in the pattern here and the jets still coming in. We were, I don't remember what we came up on, what number, but I mean, I think like eight or something yeah. ridiculous. Like we were busier than like O'Hare one day or not, maybe not even O'Hare, but there, it was crazy, right? It's, I mean. And I tell you what, that was
2: a lot of fun for us during the pandemic, not because right. I mean, we as an organization, Mac, um, right during the pandemic, we, Minneapolis was, was 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 you know down, yeah, ninety ninety five percent right yeah. in all facets right air traffic parking concessions mm-hmm. right so it was pretty pretty scary times because yeah. there seemed to be no end in sight once we kind of learned a little bit more about the pandemic, right. and 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 um, the endurance that we were going to have through it but I, I I there were a couple of days out there that I think Charlotte. And Dallas were the only two airports on two particular days that had more operations than flying cloud altogether. Yeah. I I mean right those are core thirty airports yeah. only two we we had more in O'Hare we had more in Atlanta. and yeah. on, on, and again just a couple of days but here we are in In Prairie Minnesota yeah. in the middle of flyover country yeah. and we're running those sorts of operations during the pandemic to the level that we, we were have, we had that, ten airplanes in the background that was pretty cool yeah. and 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 you know quite frankly I mean I guess maybe a question for you guys is I I I get asked this a lot is as as I mean Joe do you do you do you have an explanation of on. You know, I, I have a good explanation or I have a good finger on the pulse on why um, on-demand um, aircraft charter has, has really mm-hmm. seen significant growth here in the past, you know, especially the past eight months. But flight training, yeah. really, really going back to May of 2020, right? If the pandemic was March 2020, yeah. May 2020, right? Yeah. So, so 60 days into the pandemic, flight training with all of our flight training operators of different shapes and sizes, right? Different scale off the
1: charts. Yeah. I mean, I got my opinion. Yeah, I've got my, you can go first. I, and I heard it a lot from a lot of people that came in. They, they, they had the, it's something they I always wanted to do, right? We saw a lot of people that was, Hey, this is something I've talked about for 20 years, 15 years. Now I have, you know, I, I've always had the money, but I've never had the time. And now with people not traveling for work, right? Working from home, not driving to the office, they have the time and the money, and they were like, there's no better opportunity for me to come out now. There were a lot of people that were like, I did this 20 years ago, got caught up with life. Now life has slowed down drastically because there's nothing else going on, so I want to get back into it. And a lot of people, it was something for them to do, right? When they were stuck at home, they're like, what What can I do that is still an activity? And flight training still went on. And they were like, yes, that's something I've always thought about. You know it's an it's an outlet, it gets me out of the house, and it's something that I wanted to do, so like those were the three or four reasons that I heard from every single person that seemed to walk in the door. yeah, I, I think
0: flight training is at the end of the day it is like a community at the airport, but mm-hmm. it's an inherently solo thing, and in a time when you can't do things with groups, mm-hmm. it's actually not a bad idea. I uh, thought that personally flight training dodged a really big bullet in terms of the restrictions being put on all these activities restaurants couldn't work at capacity you couldn't really go you couldn't go to target without a mask on you couldn't you couldn't go to any sports events but somehow flight training dodged every bullet in the world of government regulation and they're like yeah go do what you want to do there's no limit to how much you can fly there's no limit to that we were you know we all wore masks inside and whatnot we all followed our our restrictions but but man i think flying dodged a big bullet and i think part of it was that Whole essential The whole way that essential businesses played out in the way that the Minnesota and I guess the rest of the country defines flight training. Mm-hmm. They defined it as an essential service for the transportation industry. And man, I think that really helped flight training dodge the bullet because people needed something to do. And this was the one thing that suffered no restrictions during the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know. That that was my thing. I always thought we got really lucky with that. Oh, we did.
1: For sure. And, and,
2: and we better. look so... I mean, we see it already, um, the people that um, jumped at that opportunity, right, mm-hmm. like you guys have just said, right mm-hmm. they're now becoming aircraft owners in our system. They're yeah. buying hangars, they're yeah. becoming members of flight clubs, they're renting airplanes, yeah. right So yeah. they just didn't finish maybe what you, you, you know maybe what that they once started or or they got they got after it finally because uh, uh, during the pandemic, but they're staying with it. Right. They got staying power, yeah. and that's exciting. Yeah, because I, I, quite frankly, five years ago, one of the big things that um, it, you, you know I used to always say is, "Boy, our our population out at out at our airports is really aging." Yeah. When you, when you look at the people that 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 we have interaction with, right, that that kind of we work with at the Mac, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, we we, right? Every I mean, who who are we getting? And, and now we've had this influx of new energy new ideas new thoughts new people and now we don't have enough space to accommodate it all i mean you guys i mean people can't get airplanes right Right. i mean there's not enough of them with demand i mean there's not enough flight instructors i mean the supply chain even on our end can be a little upside down because you know people have come out of hibernation and again good problem
0: so how is the mac combating the lack of space for uh hangars in their airports because i know that there's a premium on space right you can't just keep expanding flying cloud but there's new pilots that want to own planes what are you what are you doing to combat that
2: yeah so we look at those things in our in our long-term heads plan. i i don't personally think we have a lack of space issue at any one of our airports with with our existing stock in the future areas that we even have available now within our system or, or even here at at, at Flying Cloud. Matter of fact, uh, at Flying Cloud, we're we're about ready to launch a long term comprehensive plan. One of the things that we'll look at in that in that plan is facility requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any potential um, future hangar development opportunities out here with land that Mac currently owns? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what's what's the demand for that space? Um, a big thing, actually. It's kind of exciting. Actually, FAA is going to be up here tomorrow. Um, is when the tower gets relocated from its present position, because it will be, it will. And it will happen within my career. And um, um, uh, that creates a whole bunch of new spaces on the south side for facility development. I I mean, right now, we essentially are out of space in the event that somebody wants to build a new hangar at Flying Cloud, right? right? So through this long-term comp plan, we'll maybe look at other areas here at the airport. Can we look at redevelopment? With new hangar stock, can we look at maybe lands that MAC controls for maybe future development? So Mm -hmm. we'll look at those sorts of things during the long-term comp line. But we have new, right? We have Billionary down at Air Lake. We have eight new hangars out at um, Lake Elmo. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking at some areas to expand some growth up at Crystal. We have a little bit at Flying Cloud. So kind of airport for airport, we we have lots available in the event that um, um, people desire to build a hangar. The other thing is, is we have a lot of existing stock sure so 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 there's hangers for sale and right you let that market kind of organically right yeah kind of happen right you know
0: willing seller willing buyer
1: right classic
0: supply to me where where do you want this not everybody's gonna be able to you know uh, relate to this question but I'm really curious where do you want the tower to move yeah so that so um, um, we, we uh, actually in 2012, 20,
2: 20, 20, 2013 we looked at different sites on where would be the best location for the tower believe it or not actually,
0: sorry it. to interrupt do you think you could explain to people the problems with the current tower Kind of the the logistics of it, why it does need to move to begin with? Yeah,
2: um, a great great question, and I think that's a good starting point. So so the so the tower in its present locations on the far south end of the field, as, as you guys are well aware, and, and really um, um, it creates a parallax issue issue for them looking out the window that when aircraft are lined up for either parallel runway, they necessarily can't tell mm-hmm. which runway I've they're been up there and they're lined crazy. up for, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we we've had. Unfortunately, a number of wrong surface landings or misalignments here at Flying Cloud um, since they started recording them, and um, you know the location of the tower kind of is 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 one of the mitigating factors to to maybe. Um, prevent them right yeah. to help them i mean yeah. um it's not to say if it when the tower gets located we'll never gonna have a wrong surface landing out here again That's i mean right. no, nobody can say that but what we need to do is we need to move the tower to the center of the airfield um um, you guys might be too young to know I always say where the old v o r used to be located kind of down
0: in oh, that bowl no, I know where that is okay.
2: Now. Yeah, uh, okay uh now you know now the new v o r is is located out uh, a little east of the airport but um kind kind of towards the center of the airfield so towards taxiway Bravo mm-hmm. and kind of um you know, e- Echo Taxiway, if you will, just yeah. just just west of there. That that would be the ideal location. We're kind of um, we've laid out our building area with the intent that it's going to go there. But there's actually folks coming up tomorrow with the FAA that actually is going to do a simulated model for that particular location. They're going to look at a couple of sites over there. That um um and and what's going to come out of the study is they're going to pick one of the two locations that if funding became available to build
0: a tower here at Flying Cloud. You know, X marks marks the spot. So when you have a situation where you have planes landing on wrong runways at airports consistently, how much of that do you take on as the MAC to see what you can do? How much of that is responsibility of the FAA? Where where does your share of the problem begin and end?
2: Well, I can tell you, uh, um, me personally, um, those are the worst phone calls I get, hands down. I mean, obviously accidents, especially fatal ones, are are never good days in my business. And thankfully, I've I've not had many of those. Um, But anytime my phone rings and I find out that we have a wrong surface landing at any one of our towered airports, I take it to heart. I take full ownership over what is it that we could possibly do to prevent that from ever happening again. And we're not clearing the airplanes and land, right? We're not trying to do FAA's job, but is it... uh, uh, any anything we can do with nav aids right R- mm-hmm. reels odels
1: yeah
2: right rats vassies pappies how about surface markings i mean yeah. can we enhance them um are they standing out enough um um are are are, are our markings cracked um were, were our markings obscured because we had um um snow and ice on yeah. them so so I put my team through the nth degree in the exercise every, ever because I tell you what, I've been out at Flying Cloud here for 20 years, and and the level of measures that we have taken to minimize pedestrians and vehicles from getting out on the runway, again, you guys are probably too young to remember kind of those days, Mm -hmm. but all of the mitigating factors that we did to get it to the point where we we virtually have none. Yeah. Knock on wood, please, none yeah. essentially, right? All of those singular steps added up to the aggregate of getting us to the point where we have literally have eradicated them, mm-hmm. but anytime we get a wrong runway landing and then we are so in deep with the local controllers here too on how could we have prevented it we We interview the pilots we we want to know everything that's going on because um if the if there's something that we're missing. And this is when um, you, you brought up a good point, Drew, about um, benchmarking in other airports. We look at other airports that maybe have similar problems. What is it that they have done? Because it might
0: work well right. here
2: for, for something that we, we, we've yet to do out at Flying Cloud. Yeah.
0: So across the MAC, let's say not even Flying Cloud, just across all the airports here, and you get people landing on the wrong runway. What's the number one most consistent thing you see as the reason why? Um...
2: You know, it's a it's a little bit difficult to answer because each individual airport is different. But when you have parallel runways that mm-hmm. you have here at Flying Cloud and what we used to have at Crystal, we took yeah. out a parallel oh, yeah, runway. Yeah. That is, one looked
0: like a taxiway. That one that <laughs> one was like hardly even identifiable as a runway to begin with.
2: You yeah. know, you guys are up with students. You guys do a lot of flying. You're you're clear to land 10 right here at Flying Cloud and you get fixated, fixated on 10 left. Yeah. And you think you're landing on 10 right. You read back 10 right. Yeah. But you land on 10 left.
1: Yeah, I mean, talked about it with a lot of students all the time, especially like on a discovery flight or something, just something to point out. Like when you're coming in, especially from from that, from like from the west heading east, landing east, there's four pieces of pavement that all look the same. You've got Alpha, the runway, except one has taxi written in big letters on it. Correct. But like when you're when you're five, four or five miles out and you see the airport, you see the runways. All you see is just pavement. I thought the direction.
0: northwest is the northwest is way harder. because yeah. ten left hides right behind the yeah, there. Yeah, right, right, right behind right. the hangars. And there's such an expectation bias when you come into your home airport. I mean, that's every time. Yeah. I'm like, all oh, right, we're coming from the north. We're gonna be landing to it right. Okay. Yeah. And then next, you know, okay, make right base to it left. Okay, wait, now I got to think about do this. something yeah. different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's it. A
0: good, it uh, good point. Um. You, you know. Um.
2: Not. Not. Not so much. Uh, a, a lot of our wrong surface landings are. Are. you know kind of pilots that don't have as many hours as others right professional yeah. um but but um when we used to have a lot of uh um surface incidences out here so this is somebody that maybe cra- they crossed over a a whole a short sure instruction right yeah um thinking back on a lot of those events that we've had at a particular airports i've talked to pilots who have 30,000 hours yeah and i'll never forget one just got a new avionics deck installed into a citation 10 mm-hmm. and he was programming it while taxiing, taxiing taxied over a hold bar, hold instruction that he was told. And it, you know, you know, so, so even your most experienced pilots, right. I mean, the point is, is every time that, you know, that prop is spinning, that jets running, right. It's, it's showtime. It's kind of right, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Yeah, paying attention to detail and and um, um, knowing where you're at. Yeah.
0: Do you think? I know. We'll pivot here. Do you think you could? So we can understand kind of the structure of the MAC. Let's just like run an example of what this process would look like. Let's say all of a sudden you wanted to extend runway one zero left another three hundred feet. What what does that from from the top down? What does that process look like? You know, okay, we've made this decision. We're going to work with these stakeholders, right? Just kind of if you can do a high level overview of the process of what the Mac does when it's time to take on some sort of project like that.
2: Sure, yeah, good question. Well, first of all, it's going to be part of your long term comprehensive plan, right? These projects just don't come out for left field, right? You're right. you're 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 going to um, um, you're, you're going to do your, your, your pre-planning, you're going to do public engagement. You're going to look at your environmental considerations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to have to update, um, different documents within the, um, FAA, like your ALP, right? Mm -hmm. Both existing and future. You're going to have to determine whether or not, uh, given your forecast, um, is there a demand for it to be extended? I mean, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish by extending it? I mean, back when we extended, um, the self parallel here from 3909 to 5000 it was because a lot of operators at the time the way jets were built um th- th- right yeah the, the utility of the airplane yeah. that that could operate out of here they would have to stop and have a fuel stop even before yeah. they would get to either coast right obviously yeah. through advancements of technology that's not so much the the, the problem right. um um and the, and then you 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 got to identify okay how you get a, how you going to pay for it right Mm -hmm. Right. And um, um, and then and then I mentioned the environmental considerations because a change like that. Right. I I mean, just the environmental process alone and infrastructure changes to even a runway or taxiway could take years because you either have to complete an environmental assessment, Mm -hmm. which has a very arduous public information program to it or complete a full blown environmental impact statement. Right. Which all which all takes time um but um specifically um m- high level macro level um there's a state law that's on file here um in minnesota that actually classifies each reliever airport mm-hmm. it you're either intermediate or minor okay. intermediate is um the only intermediate reliever airport we have in the system uh st paul
1: okay
2: um all the minor uh airports which includes flying cloud air lake crystal lake elmo and anoka is you can have no runway greater than 5,000 foot. So okay. if we were looking at extending a runway greater than 5,000 feet at any one of those minor use, use airports, the first thing we would have to start with is a change of state law.
1: Oh, wow. Not something you how, think about when, yeah, you, how think, do when you, you talk how do about you, somebody changing. Can you talk a road?
0: about the, the minor versus intermediate because I feel like we get more traffic here at Flying Cloud. Than St. Paul. St. Paul's a ghost town. Every time I'm over there, it's my one of my favorite airports to fly into. I love St. Paul, but it's a ghost town. I could do pattern work all day there, and we're like, you know, they're happy to have company. Yeah. Um. So what? What delineates intermediate versus minor? In
2: that in that particular classification, it's simply that specific date state law based upon runway length
1: size. Yeah. So gotcha.
2: It, it, it really isn't any more complicated than that. Um. um St. Paul is less busy. But, when you look at saint paul and and um right, it doesn't have the traffic volumes that 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 flying cloud has in a typical rolling rolling seven day period. Let me put it in perspective. I just ran the numbers mm-hmm. uh um because I, I look at different KPIs every week to just mm-hmm. kind of right get get a macro view of what's happening in our system that we talk about on our staff. St. Paul for the last seven ro- ro- rolling days had um, 650 operations. Flying right. Cloud had almost 1,500. Wow. And and really, Flying Cloud actually normally has more than between 2,000 to 2,400. But what did we have in the last seven days? Snow. Two significant <laughs> snow yeah, events, right? Snow. Yeah. So, so so right, you see you see yeah. those influence. But but um, you know St. Paul. Um, you know, from our perspective, um, yeah, I, I I do a lot of my pattern work down there because right, you can get in the pattern down there, and yeah. I and, also
0: like that wide runway for when my yeah, students
2: were messing up. I had a lot more time to. <laughs> but but uh, you, you know, flying cloud when you when you look at it from the business perspective, right? Yeah. Um, right, the number of gallons flowed there is right leads our system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, landing fees leads our system. Yeah. You know, really from the economic impact. Mm-hmm. So when you measure it from a Hey, intermediate minor. Mm-hmm. S- Saint St. Paul is still um from an economic impact. Um, um when when you look at different measurables. Um kind of a little bit head and shoulders above some of the other airports yeah. in, in that regard from a from, from just a business perspective sure
0: when you're talking about those uh, performance indicators that you like to look at on a weekly basis what are some of those things that the that the Mac is looking at as they track what's going on around the airports
2: yeah I, I mean operations count certainly is one of them um, now that we're in the field business at crystal uh, that, that that that's another one for us uh, another weekly indicator that we do um, again just on the relieve airport side is um, um, runway incursions. Yeah. Um. Right. Are there any events that we have had in, in in the past month, week? Actually, my staff and I, we don't celebrate this often, but um, here we are on on the airing of this. Is it uh, March?
1: Today's February twenty eighth.
2: February twenty eighth. Okay. So so February twenty eighth. <laughs> our, our last recordable incident was on um November fifteenth. Right. Again. Yeah. Knock on wood. But that that's a big deal when you're it operating. Uh, uh, A a, 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 a complicated general aviation system of which, right, a runway incursion can only happen at a towered airport. But you look at all the surface movements, right, and all the things that can happen on a daily basis that hasn't been since November 15th. That's a big deal. And we as a staff, we take a step back. We we, we like to celebrate those. The other thing that we track is, again, from a business administration, we look at our quarterly reports on our fuel flowage, Mm -hmm. landing fees, Mm -hmm. percentage rent. And then we also are going through a mass lease renewal process. Um, how many how many leases transaction did um, um, sold in the particular month? How many lease renewals did we do in a particular month? Right? Mm-hmm. How many are still on a on a ho- in in a hold mm-hmm. status for whatever reason? And they might be in hold because they're delinquent in their payment to Mac. And the good thing is, there's not too many <laughs> yeah, not too many of our people are delinquent, <laughs> so that's yeah. good. But but they might have a. Maybe they got some environmental documentation that they owe to us. Uh, Maybe they got an aesthetic issue. One thing that we did about uh, 10 years ago is we we were very purposeful in trying to... um, Raise the standards of some of the hangers that um, have been out here mm-hmm. since the late fifties, early and sixties. Who would have thunk that um, galvanized would have gone out of style? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but when it comes to lease renewal, I mean, do, do you have rust on your hangers? So so I, those are all kind of some key performance indicators that we look at each week.
0: Do you yeah. think you could talk to us about noise studies? I was just on California, man. At every airport, it says fly friendly. Yeah, you know, fly fly quiet. What what is the I mean we used to get noise complaints from a from someone out over our practice area, right? So when you're when you're looking at the airports you have now, what is the what is the number one complaint that you're getting when it comes to noise? What is what is it what can you do as the Mac to alleviate that? What are your options?
2: Yeah, good great great question. First of all, we have a robust team. Um they're they're, they're just phenomenal. We we work with them every day that deal with Noise-related issues yeah. ar- around our airport, and that group's led by by Dana Nelson. Um, just a great group, but the the biggest issue is um, um, early late late night flying. Right, mm-hmm. your early departures. Right, your late night arrivals, yeah. and then uh, low flying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th- those are the two biggest. Those are the two biggest concerns.
0: Yeah. Do you just have a hotline where it's like, oh, yes, we're sorry for that? Or, or what is what, what does that? Pro- OK, so someone files a noise complaint uh, because some let's I live right under two it left over here. So let's say someone does pattern work at midnight tonight and I decide to be vindictive and I call right you know what what does that process look like from me calling to you saying, oh, "We got another noise complaint last night, and what is the potential outcome of that noise complaint for how you might make decisions
2: Yeah, uh, uh, another good question um so um uh, yes, there's a hotline you, you know you could pick up and dial the phone uh, and, and leave a message, but we even make it easier nowadays that that we have an app. And you oh, can get online right. and, yeah. and, and... Now, fly.
0: it must be too easy because there was someone who really used to complain <laughs> out in our practice area and we have a no-fly zone. And I remember one of my students bragged to me about how he did maneuvers over the no-fly zone. I was like, oh, come on, man. There's a there's a no-fly zone there for a reason.
2: Yeah. So, so so like, in the incident are that they... Um, hypothetical you, you just kind of present. It's all very
0: hypothetical.
2: So so I mean we, we have the ability to go back to our flight tr- tracking monitoring system, which is a very sophisticated system and, and, and look up look up the, the flight. Mm. Um um if we're able to get information from that flight and kind of connect the dots on who that particular operator is, we we reach out to them. Oh, and we sure. say, hey, you know, we we had a complaint from a neighbor last night. Um, you were up doing some some touch and goes. It looks like. I mean, can you tell us about the nature of that operation? And yeah. nine times out of ten, the person's going to say, and it, 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 and it's it, hey, nighttime currency. Yeah. And 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 okay, thanks. And and we actually um, um we will reach back out to the um person filing the complaint, okay. and we'll get back to them with information and. They are always appreciative. Yeah. I mean, the community is with a little bit of knowledge. Oh, geez, you know, I thought maybe it was something other than that. And then when they usually find out what the reason is yeah. uh, of the nature of operations, once you have that background, people are pretty understandable yeah. around the airports.
0: Is most of the noise complaint, um, is most of the volume of noise complaints regarding, like, you know, piston singles out there flying low, or is it jets taking off? Because... For me, living over there, I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than when a beach jet takes off. 90% of planes I don't even hear, but man, when a beach jet takes off, I hear the thing like gets out on center at like yeah. 20,000 feet and it's still echoing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you know, so what's uh, the, uh, is the, uh, there's a particularly light airplane, you'd be giving like a discovery flight and one takes off yeah. and you're like, all right, one second, I got to wait for this thing to get out, get out, of, the out, of, get out of the state right like is most of the complaints regarding pistons flying low or is it jets taking off
2: it's a little bit of everything but there's no there's no doubt our our noise group does break them out by family and there's some particular make and models that we might tend to get complaints about more. could you is mo- that a, a, a curious the- a beach shed a king air.
0: Really a king. Air.
2: Um, um um some some of the you know one seventy twos, one eighty twos, and again sometimes, you know, it might be at a particular airport where, you know, this particular operator might be flying early morning for whatever reason because they have to get to wherever they're going. Medac so, and- Yeah. And 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 you know, helicopters, um even the uh, Minnesota National Guard down at Saint Paul, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, that makes sense. Let's switch gears a little bit here. I'm curious. We were, we were talking about the Super Bowl when you guys had that here. How did that – how did planning for that come – how did the Mac have a say in that with knowing the, the influx of traffic over that that weekend? What kind of planning? How long did you guys plan for that? Was, yeah, was that I,
2: I, I tell you what. I have to admit um, – I wish we would – have known the influx of traffic, but um, what an event! Yeah, what 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 a showcase! For first of all, for for our region. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, we pulled off that Super Bowl. In my opinion, um, when you think back at how frigid the temperatures so were, week, right, so right, because we lived
1: it. Right. Yeah. Uh, um. Um. it was like outdoor concerts downtown, and like people were there, right? Like everything was going. It was, I
2: I it was mean, wild. um, um, what was really cool for that particular event? Let let, let me kind of walk through it. For one right. is, um. The Super Bowl host committee, the people that were kind of tasked with with pulling this off, they engaged um, the MAC early in that process. Okay. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, so much so that when Minneapolis bid to get the Super Bowl, they baked in knowing how important it was to the NFL. Do we have the strength within our general aviation airport system, as well as Minneapolis, to host such an event? Yeah. And when they worked with us, and they found out that we they did. They actually, in their pitch to the NFL owners who decide where the Super Bowl is going to go,
1: yeah.
2: highlighted that as a major strength for, sure. our, for our particular area. So um, we were engaged with them early. I was actually one of five people that uh, went, again, benchmarking. I went to Houston mm-hmm. for Super Bowl 51 before mm-hmm. we hosted Super Bowl 52,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and— I am so glad I did. If I went to gone on that trip and did set eyes on the general aviation airports and the level of traffic and not be able to talk to the people running the FBOs and all of it is that they did in planning, mm-hmm. talk to the airport operations folks and all of it is that they did to prepare for this and not, and, and set eyes on it. um, wh- wh- What a great experience because I was able to bring that knowledge back back to Minnesota, back to our system, have all these different events with our operators to tell them this is what we need to prepare for, right? We need to keep our airports open, but we somehow need to find out parking spaces for, I think we had 800 airplanes on the ground
0: at kickoff Super Bowl Sunday, right? Scattered throughout the system. I've Um, seen some pictures of them all parked on runway. I I
1: drove by here. They were using 1836 crossing runway, just parked in the middle of it
2: it it was uh it it, was and, and, and again and when you factor in we had two separate snow events during Super Bowl week because people started arriving as soon as Tuesday okay yeah, yeah. we had an event i believe on Tuesday and Wednesday and then we had another event Friday yeah. and then oh by the way Super Bowl Sunday was frigid yeah right and just seeing um the camaraderie of all of the airport operators and making sure that, regardless of whether or not you were handling a particular aircraft, but somehow some way, how everybody was lending a helping hand and our goal was to make it the best experience possible for all of our guests and visitors, Mm -hmm. it literally went off without a hitch. It was absolutely
0: exhausting Mm -hmm. and exhilarating at the same time. Were you metering which planes could go to which airports? Right, like let's say I wanted to fly my PC twelve. In for that, were you saying okay, PC 12s you You're going to Crystal because we know you can get in on that runway. Like, did you did you have a say in where? What different types could go where, or was it just a free for all? That would have been the pilot's decision, obviously. So the Mac didn't meet her and no. say okay, like because I know they didn't say okay, hey, we're coming here. Like there was it was just pilots got to choose the airport, and
2: we we we, we uh, there were slots built for each airport based upon parking. Um, so but but a PC twelve could easily taken up a spot over a larger business jet if wow. if if they would have taken this is the cool thing. So an SR twenty two landed at St. Paul mm-hmm. Super Bowl Sunday, and I just happened to be monitoring ground. And the pilot was kind of like okay. Ground control didn't exactly know what to do. And one of the FBOs down at St. Paul got on got got on the freak and said, come park right next to the building. We'll take care of you. So here it is, all these large corporate airplanes down at St. Paul, and the best parking spot was this little SR-22. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. The point being is that regardless if you were flying a G4 that day or an SR-22, like any day, because that's the case any day. Right. Regardless of what you're flying, a 152, a 172, yeah. or a G4, I can tell you, the operators that are in our system, they're going to treat go everybody
1: high quality. High quality,
2: quality yeah. right? And I don't think that necessarily exists in other parts of the country. I've been to other parts of the country uh, yeah. where it is not that way.
0: Yeah. So you paid know, some
1: hefty fees for. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not the case somewhere in other places.
0: So um, that's. Here's kind of a, an out there question. There is an, there is one airport in the Twin Cities that's non-MAC.
1: What is
0: the what is the calculus there on that decision? Is it that the people who fly into that airport don't want to be part of the MAC? Is it that the MAC doesn't want to be part of the airport? You might have to dance around this answer, but I'm kind of curious. There is an outlier airport. I'm curious why it's not part of the MAC. Yeah, no, I I, I won't
2: dance around. I'll, I'll just tell you what I know. Yeah. Um... Um, quite frankly, that other airports, Fleming field. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even sure. And, I wasn't, you and, know, cause and, and I, know
0: I it could be a very political yeah. job here, you know, with it, Fleming, no, you know? no,
2: I, I, uh, it, it, it um, um, Fleming field. So i say Paul great airport. Matter of fact, I probably have more landings at Fleming field than I do any one of the other Mac airports. Wow. I think I have more landings at Mac airport as an aggregate than Fleming field, but I live right. in Hastings. I, I fly yeah. out of Fleming all the time. Sure. Find it very convenient. It's close to my house. Yeah. Um, um, uh, But uh, Fleming is is um, owned by the city of South St. Paul. It's a municipal airport. Um, I think before my tenure at MAC, there was maybe talk that the city of South St. Paul would have liked to have given authority to the MAC for South St. Paul, but Mm -hmm. it's not part of our governance structure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's never happened. That's about all I know of it. But it's a great airport. It's got some great operators. it looks like a lot of our airports it's just not one of them
0: which airport is your favorite to fly into? Uh, yeah are you allowed to say that? Or yeah, no. I, that? I, 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 I mean, um, I was listening to the podcast, and you didn't say crystal. I, 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 I want to know how this will affect my allocation for the next year. No, no.
2: Actually, I, I think, I think flying into crystals, our most difficult airport, just because students. I just, do you yeah, want to talk to yeah, students
0: about that yeah, one? Man, yeah. they're looking at 494. Like that looks like a runway, right?
2: Yeah. I, um, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all built up around it. Um, it, 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 yeah. it could be hard to find now. I think you know with GPS and other types of avionics, it's, it's not as difficult as it once was. But um, um, I tell you what, outside of Minneapolis, because I used to be able to fly into Minneapolis and shoot low approaches before you yeah. couldn't do that anymore. That was pretty cool. Now, granted, yeah. you may have had to go up at ten o'clock at night in order to. We I, got
0: in during COVID. Okay, they, it, they shut yeah. that down pretty quickly. But yeah. the two of us, were but pretty cool, right? Yeah, that was awesome.
2: Um But but um um, I I just I love flying in the flying cloud. Yeah, I love great. getting inter, 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 uh, integrated into the traffic pattern yeah, it's and fun. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and, and kind of the flow. So, should
0: we play a little game. Yeah, we got a game for you. Okay, but now that I know you're like you have an established pilot history, I feel like yeah, this game. A little A good thing I went and found like the hardest airports I could think of.
1: So, Drew found I don't know how many there are. Three, like seven. seven, seven airport identifiers throughout the country. Right, the four letter identifier. We'll give you the identifier we'll see if you can name the airport we'll drop the key so right like yeah so right minneapolis msp right minneapolis right so we'll see what we can do here um start off with ict ict um wichita that's right bingo see we have a cool little sound feature that doesn't record but
0: somehow that gets brought up on it (laughs)
1: Because it sounds cool for us, but, <laughs> it cool for us, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but nobody else can hear. And well, that's not a yeah. big airport, so yeah,
0: no, we're not going with big airports. Here. <laughs> Those would be easy.
1: All right, hit him with the next one. MCO, Orlando. Orlando. Yeah,
0: that's a big one, but some someone's yeah. like, is Orlando oral? I'm like, no.
1: Yeah. All right. SNA, not as commonly known. Not
0: as commonly known, but it's one of my yeah. favorites. So. SNA,
2: I, I do know this, but I don't know if I'm going to say the right answer. Um, is it um,
1: Nashville? No, <sighs> close. Well, not close B- at BNA all. Is Nashville. No, BNA is
0: Nashville. Is Nashville yeah. but it's wrong side. Of John Wayne. Okay. In Orange County. Yeah. Okay. It's a fun airport. If you've ever, if if you ever get the chance to fly in there, that's a tough little airport to go in VFR because like they make you talk to clearance delivery and everything just to part VFR out of there and. You're sharing Isn't taxiways it, like, tra- with... Is it Class Charlie? It's a Charlie. Yeah. It's the one where uh, Harrison Ford landed on the taxiway. Uh, oh, that was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I remember it was the first time I ever really got yelled at because I didn't know what Monitor Tower meant as a 130-hour <laughs> private pilot. <laughs> and we they yet. were they yelled at me pretty badly.
2: Well, in John Wayne, in our world, they actually have a noise abatement procedure that predated an existing law, so it got grandfathered in. So Yeah, um, that, to, it's,
0: a, it's charted on the... You'll do it. It's on your SkyWest... Uh, yeah, Charles, we yeah. have to do it. For, yeah,
1: we have to do it in on, training on,
0: on for, departure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that they make you brief it and actually fly it in the simulator. It's, it's cool.
0: All right, I have a feeling you
1: get this one, but
0: I might be wrong. I A D Dallas, Dallas, yeah. Dallas. That's it. I don't. Do you know this
1: one? I don't know if I know this Ooh. one. I think I do, but I'm not gonna not gonna say it. S M F. Make him answer it. That's not good for my one twenty
2: one look. <laughs> Sarah, Mike Foxtrot, Um it, It's not a core thirty. No. Mm-mm.
0: If you um, can't get it, he has to go for it. Oh God. State. No, that's cheating. That's cheating because we'll take be give you the state. You'll know, but I'll give you. I'll tell you this: it is commercial west. service. It's west of Denver. It's west of Denver. It's even west of Utah. It's west of. I don't know. Stuff. I'll give you California. We'll narrow it down a little bit more. California. I don't know. Yeah, what is it? It's Sacramento. That's what I. Okay. Yeah, it's Sacramento. Never flown into Sacramento. So. Oh man, you just lost out on the two hundred dollars <laughs> <No>. Manny's <laughs> gift card. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: Obviously, I need to um, um, brush up on my California oh, airport God. Yeah, well, Drew's from Drew's from California.
1: I'm, well, so. there's
0: a lot of there's like two there's some pretty sneaky ones out in California, yeah. like SNA and SMF. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get LAX, DFW. Wrong. Yeah, I like, like, all... Let's be honest, right? Like let's let's be honest here about
1: most of the other ones are pretty straightforward. <laughs> all right, uh, MSY. Yeah, that's uh, New Orleans very good yes all right last one
0: s d f
1: it's actually a good game
0: it is a good game yeah. and we picked the perfect person for it
1: s d f um i'm surprised you got new orleans over this one
0: i think this one's way harder than new orleans I don't, but... well that's because you fly there all the time <laughs> What region? East, Atlantic, Southeast, something like that.
2: Okay, SDF. Um, I don't know.
0: I'll give you a hint. I believe it's named after a famous boxer.
2: Oh, uh, Louisville. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, no, no two hundred dollar Manny's gift card.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Get SMF was tough.
0: SMF was tough, was but tough. but big prizes require big performance
2: yeah, 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 <laughs> I, well just so you guys know it's it's interesting because uh right i mean one of one of our airport identifiers within our system is 21 delta
0: yeah yeah that
1: um, right yeah. Yeah. and
2: and and there's a lot of people out at um, our user community within uh, Odette lake ammo would like to um redesignate reclassify that that identifier as lke it's available okay um yeah. or or so 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 i remember and it may not be anymore, but actually the f a a is the ones responsible right for for the identifier now, not the airport and the user community right we yeah. we 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 can encourage right something different yeah but but um 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 and we actually worked with our local f a a folks to possibly explore a change from twenty one delta to l k e but um they they, so uh, they done it yet? yeah, they, they, oh. they haven't. They've been very reluctant to do it because there's not, now there, there's really only a handful of airports out there that have Numeric and right. characters yeah, not, in them.
1: Not many.
0: Like, yeah, those tend to be really small. When you're going to definitely. like Lake almost a pretty big airport for
2: for just a two one twenty one 21-D. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, Air Lake used to have a Numeric and character before because um, before they switched to LVN, yeah. which which wasn't that long ago. Okay. Um, they updated their identifier,
1: but it's cool.
0: You learn something new every
1: day. That's right. Cool. Well, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah
1: thanks, thanks for coming. having me. Good luck to you guys. Thank you.
0: This was another episode of Living in Flight. If you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe for more exclusive aviation content. Have any topic ideas or want to be featured on our podcast? Send us a message at listen at livinginflight.com. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, this is Living in Flight.